This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Thank you because we are delivered from the authority of darkness. We are translated into the kingdom of the Son of your love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the remission as well as the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Now, methods of obtaining healing. Healing is God's will. So how do I appropriate it? How do I experience it? Now, I'll say this, that basically there are two ways. Basically, there are two ways we receive our healing. First is by faith, and second, by manifestations of the Holy Ghost. By manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Those are the two cardinal ways we receive our healing by faith, and by manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Now, if you check the ministry of Jesus, and Jesus had the Holy Ghost without measure, John 3, 34 says, Him whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit unto him by measure. So he had the Holy Ghost without measure. Now, some people have said, and it's true, that unto him is in italics there. So it actually says, God giveth not the Spirit by measure. So that anybody that has the Holy Ghost has the Holy Ghost without measure. Some people have said that. Well, I don't agree with them. Why don't I agree with them? When it comes to the Holy Spirit within, he's not measurable. You have just as much of the Holy Spirit within you as Jesus had within him. That's a function of sonship. You can't grow in sonship. You can't grow in righteousness. You're either a son of God or you're a son of the devil. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit upon, you know, the Bible says unto every one of us is grace given according to the measure, Ephesians 4, 7, of the gift of Christ. Then in Hebrews 2, 4, it says, and gifts of the Holy Ghost. The word is merismos, distributions of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So we do have the Holy Ghost by measure. Amen. Now Jesus had the Holy Ghost without measure. And um, looking at his ministry, as we have record of in the New Testament, in the, what we call the four Gospels. Really, there aren't four Gospels. There's only one Gospel told by four different people. But what we call the four Gospels. We discover that the individual cases of healing that we have any record of in details. I'm not talking about where the Bible says the multitudes got healed. I, I mean where we have some details that there are 19 such cases, 19 of them. 12 out of the 19, and that's about 62%, of the people that were healed under the ministry of Jesus who have the Holy Ghost without measure were healed by their own faith. Now, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we should expect about 60% of the people who will be healed by Jesus today also to be healed through their own faith. So that's the primary way we receive, by our faith in God's word. Faith in God's word will always work. Amen. Besides, the just shall live by faith. When it comes to manifestations of the Holy Ghost, there's the spirit of God wheels. Nobody can press a button, pull a lever, and produce a manifestation. Anybody who claims he can is a false prophet. That's not true. If it's the Holy Ghost, it's as he wills. Yes, we can learn how to yield to him. Yes, we can learn how to make the atmosphere conducive for him to move. Yes, we can learn some things that can increase the manifestations of the Holy Ghost, but they are as the Spirit of God wills. Now, even when it comes to people who are called to stand in certain offices, you know, those things we call spiritual gifts, you know, then they become, uh, they are equipment that enable them to stand in those offices. Even in those cases, 
They can't still turn it on or off as they will. For instance, I got filled with the Holy Ghost, April of 1984. April of 1984, April the 4th, Wednesday, about 6.30 in the evening, acting on Mark 11, 23 and 24. That's how I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I discovered that shortly after I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I'll see and know things supernaturally. Sometimes I'll be praying, something will run in front of me like a TV screen, and then I'll just see stuff, you know, and then I'll just know things about people. I pastored before and did not have a program of visitation, but I knew what was happening with my folks because the Spirit of God oftentimes will show me. Now, I couldn't say then that I have the word of knowledge and um, maybe you're going for a meeting. I want to lend you my word of knowledge. You know, when you're done with the meeting, bring it back. And then, you know, whatever honorarium you're giving, you know, because it's my word of knowledge you went with. You know, that's stupid. You know, that's not the case. I can't make anything work at will. At least not if I have sense. You know, if you try to operate stuff, when the Holy Ghost is not moving, then you're in the flesh. Remember, witchcraft, sorcery, those are works of the flesh. And a believer can walk in the flesh. And you can open up yourself to occult powers and familiar spirits, and sometimes people do. If the Holy Ghost is not moving in gifts of the Spirit, awesome. Just give the Word of God. It's anointed. It'll work. Amen. And you can get just as many people healed by getting them to act on God's Word as you can by manifestations of the Spirit. Now, Brother Hagin got filled with the Holy Ghost. And um, the funny thing is, before he did, he got five times more people healed than Pentecostal people did. And he wasn't doing it by any manifestation. He didn't have any. Because those things, they are a function of being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, at least in this dispensation. He didn't have that yet. But he got five times as many people healed as they did. How? They will wait until there's a manifestation. They'll just hope something shows up. They'll just hope something happens. And sometimes, something did happen. But he just gave people the word. And the word of God will always work. Because it's anointed. So, those are the two cardinal ways by which we receive our healing. By faith and by manifestations of the Holy Ghost. When I say by faith, I have two things in mind there. Now, each of these two cardinal methods, we have subdivisions under them. By faith, either faith or primarily faith in the written word of God. Faith in God's holy word. And also, there's a place of faith in God's power. There's such a thing as a tangible anointing of God's power. We'll talk about that some today. Now, we have a level two course on healing that builds up on certain of the things we're talking about. In that other course, it's also a 12-hour course, we teach more about how to minister healing to the sick, how to get the sick healed. So, so that's why we're not touching on that in this course. We're talking more about the basics of divine healing. It's God's will for you. How can you receive it? What are hindrances to receiving it? How do you keep it? Those are the two things that we are, or the four things we're focusing on in this particular course. So, um, by faith in in the word of God or in the power of God, or generally speaking, by faith, the individual's faith, or by manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Now, one thing that's also worth mentioning is this. We know there are three kinds of men. Now, we have a course, Spiritual Formation, that talks some more about that. There are three kinds of men. There's the natural man who's never been born again. There's the carnal man. He's born again, but he's still dominated by his physical senses. And then there's a spiritual man that is recreated spirit through the word of God has gained ascendancy over his soul and over his body. 
Now, whichever kind of man you are, God's had, God has a method of reaching you. God being so good and being so gracious, wants people heal so badly that he provided different methods on which we can receive. And there's always one method you can hook up on. There's always one method you can hook up on. So there are several of them. And his will is always for the sick to be healed. Amen. Now, um, let me also say this, that healing is not always instantaneous. Not always instantaneous. We know that Jesus is a perfect example for us in life, for Christian life and in ministry. We know he had the Holy Ghost without measure. But you'll discover that the first healing that took place under the ministry of Jesus wasn't an instantaneous one. It was gradual. That statement in itself is instructive. Very first healing under his ministry was in John 4, 46 to 52, the nobleman's son. Jesus told him, except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. You know, he was trying to get the man to believe. You know, Jesus now told him, go thy way, thy son liveth. The Bible says he believed the word that was spoken to him. And by the time he got home, he asked of the hour when his son began to amend. Amend means to get better. And they said yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So you see, he began to amend. So he began to recover. That's one. Now, in the matter of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So that's one witness we have. Under the ministry of Jesus of a gradual healing. We have another one in Luke 17 verse 10 about the 10 lepers the bible says they were healed as they went as they went they were healed as they went means it was a gradual thing so healing can be gradual that's two witnesses well i'll give a third in john 9 from verse 1 to 7 remember the man that was born blind we're going to talk look some more into that case today and um jesus spat on the ground made clear of the spittle of the saliva and then he anointed the man's face and then he told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, when did the healing begin? The moment Jesus sat on the ground. His healing had begun. But you notice it was a process. He made clear of the spittle. He rubbed it on the man's eyes. He told the man to go to the pool of Siloam, which means sent. And then the man went there. You know, had his healing started, certainly the process had begun. But his healing was not consummated until he did the, he carried out the instruction to the fullest and then he came back seeing those are three instances under the ministry of jesus besides remember in mark 16 18 jesus said talking about the believing ones they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover they will get better so healing can be instantaneous healing can be gradual god is in both cases have i seen instantaneous healings yes i have remember one man he was totally blind in one eye totally couldn't see well i laid hands on him with god's power and I just let, put my hand there. After a while, I took it off. And instantly, the other eye was shot. It shot the other eye. And he started reading from the eye that I had been blind. It popped open right away. I've seen a number of deaf people. I was in a meeting. This was in India a few years ago. And then there were about seven of them, deaf. Instantly, in the name of Jesus, I commanded their ears to open. They popped open right away. Amen. So yes, I've seen them happen instantly. But I've also seen them happen gradually. John G. Lake said something. He said, many of our instant healings are a curse. He said, people get healed instantly and they get away from God instantly. But sometimes, when they know that it's a process, as they continue to believe God, to walk in close fellowship with him, they get better. Then they, know not, they do not only get a blessing, it works something eternal in them. They learn something. They learn a lesson too. 
in walking with God, in exercising their faith. So God is in both cases. Now, healing is also by degree, based on two conditions. The degree of healing power that's administered and the degree of faith that gives action to that power. When I'm more strongly anointed to minister healing, I have more instantaneous results. And when people are in faith, more strongly in faith, then it hastens the process too. Those are just observations I've seen. But God is in both cases. It's gradual, it's instantaneous, God is in it. What should we do? Just release our faith and keep walking with him and keep trusting him and keep acting on his word and we will receive without fail. Yeah. Now, um, you can't wait for a manifestation of the spirit to receive your healing. Thank God for that. Now, some people will never be healed except there's a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Some are too far gone. Too far gone. And for where they are at, that's just the only way they can be reached. And thank God he's a good God. Abundant in goodness, full of compassion, slow to wrath, of great mercy. He wants people reached. Amen. But you see, God has ordained that the just shall live by faith. Manifestations of the Holy Ghost are more of means of supernatural advertisement. When I'm in some places, I have them more than when I'm in some other places. You see, when people have been exposed to the word, God expects them to walk in the light of what they should know. Whether they know it or not, it's a different issue. But once they have had time and have had the opportunity to grow up, God expects that they will have seized it. A time will come when God will say, put that big young one down and let him walk. Imagine if, as I was trying to come into this uh, meeting today, I was carried by my mom in her hands. And she was saying, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. She was rocking me at 40-somewhat years of age. You know, you think, wow, they sure need a miracle in that meeting. Let the miracle service start, start right away. Isn't it? And you'd be correct to think that. But spiritually, it's just the same. Amen. The just shall live by his faith. So God wants each of us to have a faith life of our own. Rather than being a spiritual hitchhiker. You know, who is a hitchhiker? Someone looking for, you know, someone to carry them on their faith. God wants you to be the one reaching out to help the pastor with the baby Christians that are just getting saved. Not that you, you are the overgrown baby. Oh, they took my bottle from me. He's sleeping me in my bed, in my court. You know, that's how some of us, spiritually speaking, are. I won't, I won't serve God again. I won't serve God again. Pastor didn't call me. Pastor didn't call me. I won't go to that church again. I will even backslide. <laughs> you think you're doing the pastor a favor? No, you're not. <laughs> doing yourself a favor. So there are different methods. Now, having said that, and I want to itemize seven different methods by which healings can be received. The first of them I'll talk about is to ask in the name of Jesus. Ask in the name of Jesus. Ask in the name of Jesus. John 14, verses 13 and 14. John 14, verses 13 and 14. John 14, verses 13 and 14. Jesus said, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, the Greek word for ask there happens to also be the word translated desire in Mark eleven twenty four, 24. And it's the word aitio. 
and um, Strong's Concordance is 154 in Strong's. One of the meanings of that word is to demand as due. If you check it in Thayer's lexicon too, you get that same thought. To demand as your right and as your privilege. Notice, John 14, 13 and 14 is not talking about prayer. It wasn't prayer. Jesus said, whatever you will ask in my name, I will do it. Amen. Now, was it Jesus that made that man sick in the first place? It wasn't Jesus that did. Are you demanding it of Jesus? No, you're demanding it of the devil. That he should take his hands off of the man. Or take his hands off of you. He's trying to put sickness on your body. Just tell him, no, you don't. No, you don't. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You don't have any right to violate it. I stand against you in the name of Jesus. And then what's he going to do? He's going to run. If you will ask it in his name, he will do it. You see, anything Jesus can do, his name will do. His name is, Jesus is one with his name. Amen. He's one with his name. In fact, Jesus is his name. And remember that we are in Christ. Your head doesn't bear one name and your body another. We have a fourfold right to that name. First, we are born into the family. And the name belongs to the family. So the name belongs to us. Second, we are baptized into Christ. Being baptized into Christ, we are baptized into his name. Third, we are given the power of attorney to act in his stead. You know, sometimes people think the name of Jesus is just a prefix or a suffix you use in prayer. You know, just say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Some people use it to get everybody's attention. You know, let, maybe, you know, we're still worshiping. We want to get everybody to Christ. In, in, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, we think that's what it is. Thank God it can get everybody's attention. The truth is it gets God's attention. It gets the devil's attention. It gets the attention of angels. It gets the attention of problems. But it's more than just something that gets attention. It has power. We've been given the power of attorney to act in his stead. You see, when you say in the name of Jesus, it's as though Jesus were there himself doing it. When he said we should go in his name, like the president, let's say the president is meant to be in an occasion, and he now sends somebody in his name. Whatever seat the president was meant to sit on is the seat that man should sit on. Whatever honor the president should be accorded, that's the honor that man should be accorded because he is going in the name of the president or whoever. Amen. When we go in the name of Jesus, it's as though Jesus himself showed up because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, we deity, we're not. He's the one who is the head of the church. We aren't. But we're in union with the one that is. Amen. Amen. And fourth, we have been commanded to herald that name among the nations. So that's the first method I'm talking about. To ask in the name of Jesus. To demand in the name of Jesus. Tell the sickness to leave you alone. Tell the disease to leave you alone. If sickness tries to assault you, assault it. Amen. Stand against it. Throw that name against it. See, the name is the key. The name is the key. It's the name that gets the job done. The power is in the name. The authority is in the name. Amen. You see, the name belongs to the family. When you got into the family, the name automatically became yours. Well, I could say some more things along that line, but uh, I just wound at this time. Well, a few more thoughts I'll make. P.C. Nelson, Peter Christopher Nelson, was a Baptist man. Then was hit by an automobile. And then they were going to cut off his leg. And, um, you know, he was in the hospital. 
And then the Lord reminded him of James 5, 14 and 15. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. You know, let them pray over him and own him in the name of the Lord. So he was saying, Lord, I don't know anybody who can do this. Then the Lord reminded him of some spirit-filled friends of his. One of those ladies came in and she, she did something. She was talking in tongues. But she actually quoted 1 Corinthians 14 from verse 1 to 40. She didn't know. She quoted it. Now, P.C. Nelson was a Greek scholar. He was the number one authority in the Greek language in his day. And the number two authority in the Hebrew language. P.C. Nelson, well, Fort Worth, Texas. You know? When that happened, he didn't need any other, he didn't need preaching. He just said, look, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then through tongues and interpretation, the Lord said to him, well, you could be healed through their faith, but you can use your own faith. If you want a healing ministry, use yours. I'll give you a healing ministry. He said, well, I want the healing ministry. Well, that was his experience. That's not doctrine, just his own experience. What happened to him, that's what that was. Anyway, you know, he got healed, and then he preached divine healing. Got filled with the Holy Ghost, talked in tongues. Now, um, he read his Bible, his New Testament in the Greek. And like I said, he's an authority. He said to Brother Hagin that in that day, the closest translation that they had to the original Greek was the Worrell New Testament. It was out of print. Brother Hagin got, bought the copyright, had some more copies of it printed out. Praise God. You know, they're good translations. And um, we ought to keep studying. Now, this is where I was going with that. P.C. Nelson said something. He said, there's sometimes there are idiomatic expressions in certain languages that can't just be put in some other language as easily. He said, for instance, in this place, where he said, if you'll ask anything in my name, I will do it. That the literal Greek actually says, if I don't have it, I will make it for you. If I don't have it, I will make it for you. What's an example of this? In Acts 3, Peter and John at the hour of prayer go to the temple. Then there was that lame man by the gate of beautiful. Peter said to him, silver and gold have I none. Well, perhaps he didn't go with his wallet to church that day. You know, don't, don't camp there and preach a poverty cult. No. They laid all that the apostles feet, just a few chapters after. Well, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. Amen. Look, we've got something. Peter said, look on us. Look on us. My God. He didn't tell the man to look to God. Of course, really. He wasn't trying to brag on himself. He was trying to arouse the man's expectancy. He looked on them expecting to receive something. And he was saying, just like I have, you know, if I have money now to give you, I have something I can give you. Such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Immediately, he lifted him up by the hands. The man's feet and ankle bones received strength. He walking and leaping, praising God, entered into the temple. You know, and then those guys came on them. What, how come? What's this? How did it happen? How did you get it to happen? Then they said, don't think it was by our own power, our own holiness, that we've made this man whole. He said, it's the name of Jesus. Faith in that name. The faith which is by him has given this man this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Amen. Was that prayer? No, that wasn't a prayer. Peter, if it was prayer, Peter would have said, Heavenly Father, I'm talking to you now concerning this man. No, he didn't do that. He just told the man, man, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. Actually, in the Acts of the Apostles, they never prayed for the sick one time. Not once, if you study it closely. The closest to it was in Acts 28, where it says Peter, uh, Paul, he prayed, and then he healed them. Maybe he prayed for them. I don't think so. I think he was just fellowshipping with the Lord personally, and then he ministered healing to those guys, and they got healed on the island of Melita. 
So you see, we have the name and we can use it. That's one method. Another method of receiving healing is to actually pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. To pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. To pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. John 16, 23 and 24. John 16, 23 and 24. Let's look at that. John 16, 23 and 24. Well, we're in Bible school. We may just as well open our Bibles. Sometimes quoting all these things will do people an injustice. It's good to see it with your own two eyes inside your own Bible and mark it. If you have a Bible, you can mark. Get one, you can mark. Amen. Amen. And then, you know, the paper never forgets. It's good to take notes. Praise God. Paper just never forgets. John 16, 23 and 24. And in that day, well, what day was Jesus talking about? You know, a Thursday, a Monday, May Day, or Labor Day, or Workers' Day. What day was he talking of? And in that day, he was talking about there is a day that is to come. A new day. The day of the new covenant. The day of the new creation. Amen. Ye shall ask me nothing. You won't pray to me. You know, there are people that pray to Jesus. That's not scriptural. We can fellowship with Jesus. We can talk things over with Jesus. But prayer based on legal grounds is addressed to the Father in the name of Jesus. You know, there's what we call the Lord's Prayer. And, well, I like that term, the Lord's Prayer. It was the Lord's Prayer for them. Is that for the church? It's not. Is that prayer beautiful? It's beautiful. Can we learn from it? Certainly. But believe me, that's not New Testament praying. Because there's no part of that prayer that's in the name of Jesus. No part of it. No part of it. In fact, they said, deliver us from the evil one. We're already delivered, according to Colossians 1.13. Thy kingdom come. I'm in that kingdom now. Amen. And that kingdom is in me. Praise God. Yes, there are things we can learn from it. Wonderful things, but it's not for the church. Don't pray that way. You want to pray. Say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then he said, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, we don't forgive in the new covenant so that we can be forgiven. We forgive in the new covenant because we have been forgiven. <laughs> Ephesians 4.32 Be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. Now, you say, well, does that mean that if I don't forgive... It's not important. Listen, there's also in the new covenant that whatsoever a man sweat, that shall he reap. <laughs> Amen. And besides, if you're walking in unforgiveness, you're out of fellowship with God. And it's going to hinder your faith from walking. So that's the sense. But you see, here Jesus is talking to the church. And in that day, talking about the day of the new covenant, ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He thirty-two. He thirty-two is old English. See, this is sixteen eleven, King James version. He thirty-two up until now. That's the meaning of he thirty-two. Have he asked nothing in my name? Well, he hadn't obtained the fullness of his name at that time. He hadn't entered into his present-day ministry at the right hand of the Father. They prayed to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But in this day, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Amen. He thirty-two. Have he asked nothing in my name? Ask. And ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Well, whatsoever ye shall ask, will whatsoever include healing? Certainly. So that's another method of healing. You can actually pray to the Father for healing in the name of Jesus. It's scriptural. Well, 
A third method is found in Matthew. Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. Matthew 18, 19 and 20. The same principle is in Deuteronomy 32, verse 30. Now, what's that method? To agree in prayer. To agree in prayer. Now, what does Matthew 18, 19 say? It says, again I say unto you, Jesus is the one speaking, that if two of you shall agree on earth concerning anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Then in verse 20, he said, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, we use that Matthew 18, 20 for church services many times. Where two or three are gathered, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about two or three gathered to agree on something. Now, when we are together in a service, is God there? Certainly. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. We are his temple, individually and collectively as an assembly. Amen. But that place is talking about agreeing about something. If two shall agree, it doesn't, you don't need 10,000. Just two is enough. The truth is you can't get 10,000 people to agree on something to save your life. Amen. All it takes is two or three. They shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask. Now, you say, what if you agree for somebody else's wife? Listen, the word ask there is also to demand as due. That's not due you. That's not your right. That's not your privilege. And then you can't ask that in his name, really, because in his stead, he will never want you to do such a thing. That violates the rest of his word. So you can't just take a scripture out of his context and make it say what we wanted to say. You must interpret scripture in the light of scripture. Amen. So if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, aren't you, you know, thrilled that we're not in Pluto? We're not in Saturn? We're not in Jupiter? We're on earth. So he's talking about us. As touching anything, will that include healing? Certainly. He said, it shall be done for them on my Father which is in heaven. You know, see, sometimes we say we agree, but we really are not agreeing. I found something out. Usually, when it's something, the parties involved are the parties agreeing, it works a whole lot better. Because then their heart is in it. They mean business about it. One time, Roy Hicks, his wife, she was having some symptoms, endeavoring to use her faith. And the symptoms just persisted and just persisted for a few days. So he said to her, honey, what about me agreeing with you for your healing? He said, please do. You see, Deuteronomy 32.30 says, how should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? You see, agreeing seems to make us five times stronger. You say, why do I say five and not ten? This is why. One can chase a thousand. So this is another one that can chase a thousand. Each of the ones by themselves will chase two thousand. But when the ones come together, they chase 10,000. Are you listening? There's just something about agreement. Amen. Something about agreement. While I'm here, let me say something. I'll talk about laying on of hands later. Sometimes, let's say you've released your faith for your healing. Or you've been prayed for before by your pastor or by somebody. And then you're in a service. And then they're calling a healing line. And then you say, well, will it be okay for me to go out on that line? Listen. A house that keeps laying its foundation will never be built. It will never be built. See, sometimes we get inside unbelief and we keep spinning our wheels in it. Mark eleven twenty four says, What things ever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. If you believe that you receive when you pray, you won't ask for it again. You see, you can lose by turning in a prayer request. It can kill you. 
You can lose by praying. There's a time not to pray. Now, am I against prayer? I'm not. But there's a time when what to do is to thank God. Give you a story. Brother Higgins said he was in this meeting. And um, there was a certain man. He was bedfast. He said he wouldn't leave past midnight. His neighbor came to the service and said, well, this my neighbor is sick. You know, someone they all knew, a member of that church. Let's all pray for him that he'll be healed. They lifted up their voice and prayed for his healing. Then after some time, they began to quiet down. You know, thanking God for the answer. And then they said, is it done? They said, yes, it's done. Well, the man lived past midnight. By the next day, he was able to sit up in bed. The doctor said he had passed the crisis. He was out of it. But naturally, he had been bed fast a while. He was still physically weak. The same person got to church again and said, well, that my neighbor, he has passed the crisis. Can we pray that God will perfect his healing? Now, question, what did they pray for the previous day? Did they pray that God should start the healing? So why are they praying that God should perfect the healing? They prayed for his healing yesterday. Now, they even have evidence that the prayer is working. What should they have done? Yeah, just thank God. Well, we prayed yesterday. We believe that we receive. Even if he's worse now than he was yesterday, it doesn't matter. We stand on God's word. Isn't it? It was a situation where they could pray a prayer of faith. Amen. Then the pastor. Sometimes I feel like beating up some of them. That's the truth. Because they kill people with their ignorance. That's the truth. Sometimes. But thank God there are wonderful pastors also who know God's word. And who know how to bring the power of God to bear in the lives of men. You know what that pastor did? He said, all right, let's lift up our voices and pray for him. Then they began to pray. Brother Higgins said he sat in that meeting. He had the voice of the Holy Ghost, like a bird speaking over his shoulder. And this is what the Lord said to him. Now they have taken him out of my hands. He will be dead in three days' time. And sure enough, he was. What killed him? They did. You know, they will stand before Jesus and give account of it. They killed him. What should they have done? What should he have done? Said, no, no, no. We prayed for his healing yesterday. We're not going to pray about it again. Now, are there times, are there some kinds of prayers when we can continue praying about the same things? There are. We have a whole course, prayer principles. Actually, two courses, 24 hours, that talk about that. But talking about the prayer of faith, you don't pray for the same thing two times. Now, there's something I've said. The bell has gone, but I need to tie this up. Because there may be somebody who doesn't hear the next session, who's probably watching online and... I don't want him to leave this with the wrong impression. This one thing I'm very careful about. I'm always conscious of, I don't want you to be able to take, even if it's just one of my messages you listen to, I want it to be such that it's difficult for you to go off course. So I don't like to ever leave anything hanging. Well, if you've released your faith and then you're in a service and then they say, well, you know, the power of God is here. Come, if you want hands laid on you, on one condition, you can still go out. What's that condition? You can say, well, oh God, I've already released my faith. I'm already believing you for my healing. I'm not going to go out there so that they will minister healing to me afresh. I'm just going to go out there so that they will agree with me that I am healed. Under such a condition, it's okay to go out. But if you're going out afresh, you see, it's like you laid the foundation, then you, you broke it down, then you laid it again, then you broke it down, then you laid it again. There will never be a roofing. There will never be housewarming. Once you've said it let it stay said once you've released your faith let it stay released amen praise god so we said ask in the name of jesus pray to the father in the name of jesus then you can find someone to agree with you roy hicks agreed with his wife instantly she was healed so the prayer of agreement is powerful and it works it's another method of receiving our healing we'll be back in a bit
For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.